You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories, totally unscripted, to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, I was a nerd in high school. What about you? Oh, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm getting called out already. Thanks. <laughs> Because I'm right there with you. I, yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. But yeah, when I was in high school or just in school in general, you know, I grew up kind of a nerdy kid. I was never bullied a whole lot. I mean, a little bit, but I don't think any more than, you know, like the average kid does. And uh, but I was always like the smart kid, the nerdy kid, kind of a dork. You know, I was never I was never into some of these stereotypically like geeky things like, you know, not to besmirch anybody, but, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons wasn't exactly like going to make you the popular kid in my middle school, you know, but I wasn't really into never really into that. I was always into comics as a kid and, you know, into into movies and stuff. But I was also like a history buff, you know, which doesn't help. Um, but yeah, but by the time I was in high school, I definitely started it off as like the nerdy artsy kid. Um, and by the, by my senior year though, like, I don't know if I necessarily would say that I was like a popular kid, but I definitely like ran in those circles. And oddly enough, it was because I was in those advanced courses, you know, AP uh, science and calculus, you know, in AP uh, history and or English classes rather. And it was like, by the time I got to senior year, it was like me and all of the other like overachievers who in my school were like the cheerleaders, the football players, you know, the popular kids. Like it was, it wasn't that they were like a bunch of dumb jocks. No, they were just like, they were the, the achievers, you know, the ones who got shit done. And I ended up kind of running in those circles by senior year, which made high school a hell of a lot more fun um but anyway like what about you man what's your experience with being like an outcast <laughs> well i mean uh i i came to uh my middle school like i, I actually trans we, we moved when i was going to middle school and i transferred to a new school and i was definitely the outcast i was you know the the nerdy comic book loving toy collecting video game playing fat kid so it was like i definitely got picked on a lot but i i, I mean i did find my my crowd uh, some fellow comic book and video game fans. Um, I wasn't going to win any friends uh, in my my board game and chess club that I was part <laughs> of. Um, right. You know, but again, it was it was stuff that I was interested in. In high school, I definitely got picked on a lot, and um, it, it was ninth and tenth grade primarily, because uh, tenth grade I actually had um, they discovered a small hole in the base of my spine. It's it's a, a form of spina bifida occulta. Um, that I ended up having to go on to homeschooling for about three months while I did extreme physical therapy to try to build up the muscles around my back. Otherwise, oh, I was, was going to have to have surgery. So I was I was definitely the outcast. It was like when I came back to school, everyone was just like, you know, who the fuck is this fat kid? Like, he, he disappeared and then he came back. Screw that guy. So, like, I had, like, no friends <laughs> other than, like, two or three from middle school. Um, but the funny thing was, because I got picked on so much, it was uh, like I started getting picked on by like the lowest rung of bullies. 
and eventually i fucking snapped and like <laughs> there was this one kid and i'm gonna call him out on the show because i know his ass ain't listening but even if he is fuck you uh this kid dale brocious um he he would follow me around from from locker to locker like you know between classes you know going boom bada boom doing the stand by me fat kid thing oh yeah fuck that guy and eventually i just spun around grabbed him by the throat lifted him up and said <laughs> i will fucking end you like <laughs> and everybody stopped like it was like you could hear the record skip like <laughs> Teachers looked the other way. Students were just shocked. He started crying. I panicked when he cried. Like, I set him down and, like, just got my shit and went to class. <laughs> no one said nothing, but that was the end of anyone picking on me. And then it was like a few kids started noticing my artwork. And that's kind of what kind of got me into the the crowds of, I don't want to say popular kids, but definitely not the nerds. <laughs> you know? It was like I started hanging out with, like, some of the cooler kids like that had their own bands and, you know, like people that, that everyone kind of liked. Um, so my 11th and 12th grade years were pretty awesome, but ninth and 10th. Oh man, that was like bully central. So yeah. I definitely got picked. I mean, and again, I'm, I am still a nerd. I'm still a comic book, <laughs> loving video game, playing toy, collecting geek, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and goddamn proud of it now. Right. Because Absolutely. we fucking, we have inherited the earth. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, it sounds like, you know, un unlike my experience where I just kind of slowly kind of grew out of being an, a, a pimply faced outcast and just kind of <laughs> kind of by association just tagged along with like the cheerleaders and stuff. And, you know, to kind of get to a point where I felt comfortable and, you know, again, maybe not the most popular. Like I was never going to be homecoming king, but, you know, I, right. I wasn't getting I wasn't getting bullied on. I wasn't a bully. And, you know, it was things were comfortable, but I didn't have to, like, you know, take revenge on one of my bullies <laughs> to get there like you did, which, you know, brings us to the topic of the day. And I think that's a perfect, uh, you know, lead into what I wish that some of these fucking nerds in this movie would have done. But we got to talk about the the highs, the lows and the uh, glaring red flags of Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Something we've been commenting that we were going to do since like, episode two. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We, and because right from the very beginning of this show, we talk about improving, you know, stories for our favorite movies, TV and games. In the early days, we used to talk a lot more about not just improving, but improving, right? Our, our sort of improv, improve uh, tagline there. But it was really more about improving. Like, how do we take a movie that we like and just kind of fix it, tweak it, patch it up, make it better? And this was always the example that we used because... It is uh, such a great movie, Revenge of the Nerds from 1984. Yeah. It's a really, really, you know, fun, enjoyable, memorable movie that has, you know, influenced pop culture in general for a really long time. But holy shit, is it problematic in ways yeah. that are really hard to get past. <laughs> and it's got a wonderful cast. Like, I, everybody in this movie is great. You know, like, I, I freaking, I mean, John Goodman. I mean, he's, I love him in everything he's in. He's freaking, amazing. Um, what's his name? The guy who plays Gilbert. I was, the guy, he was from ER. and Oh, Anthony from, Edwards, yeah. Thank you, Anthony Edwards. He's in a ton of stuff. And I mean, I, I have to mention the fact that Burke played the 1990s Captain America with the rubber ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten that. I saw that when I was looking at trivia yesterday. Like, oh shit. Like, uh, and I love I love uh, Larry B. Scott who plays Lamar, who I can never remember his name. I'm like I'm looking at IMDb right now, but like that dude, he had like bit parts in like so many good movies from the 80s. It was a, I love that guy. He's he's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's a great cast. It's it is 
the jokes that aren't problematic are still genuinely funny. Um, a lot of Booger's lines still to this day crack me up. Like when Stan and Betty uh, see the new house and they're staring, and Booger's just kind of smiling at him. He goes, what the fuck are you looking at, nerd? And drives away and he goes, oh, I thought it was my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Like, <laughs> those kind of lines are fucking gold, you know? Oh man! Oh god! Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And yeah, freaking James Cromwell is in this, uh, and uh, Timothy Busfield, who had like a big, big TV career, and you know Robert Carradine, who I think he's probably still mostly known for like this movie and all of its sequels. But yeah. you know, but he's still you know he really brings like you know he created this character on screen that is super memorable. You know, Lewis and Gilbert being the main nerds in our pack of uh, you know our, our fraternity of nerds, but Lewis by played by Robert Carradine was hands down the star of the movie, you know, even if he wasn't necessarily the single protagonist because Gilbert was right there alongside him. I mean, he just outshines Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, uh, to really, you know, create this memorable character. He's also in a, in a fantastic uh, horror movie that does not get a nearly enough love. I mean, he's in a lot of good stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. He, he plays tons of bit roles in a lot of cool movies, but there's one movie where he plays a pretty prominent role uh, called Tooth and Nail came out in the early 2000s and it's an it's a like a post-apocalyptic story basically the world ends and it, it's such a I don't want to derail us too much but it's such a brilliant idea because the reason the world ends is we run out of gas it's as simple as that like oh nice we end up depleting all of our oil resources and everything shuts down like first it was, you know, people can't travel around, they can't ship stuff around, then refrigeration starts shutting down, like one by one by one, the entire infrastructure crumbles. So it's all about people living in this world after the fall and eventually cannibals come up, <laughs> you know, and it's like, so the main <laughs> because cast, of course. <laughs> yeah, the main cast is fighting against cannibals. And uh, one of the main cannibals is actually freaking, um, Oh my God! Why can't I think of the actor's name? Bullet Tooth Tony. He played Juggernaut in X Men Three. Oh yeah, uh, what is that guy's name? What is that guy's name? I always dude? forget his name, but that big dude. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> he's scary as hell. Um, you know, he's he's in it as one of the uh, as one of the main cannibals. But it's it's such a fantastic movie. I've been trying to get it on the Boogeyman's Closet forever, but uh, every time I've put it on the list, like it gets like no votes other than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should, you should you should just do a whole movie uh, or a whole month of movies about like teeth or tooth, like you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that that uh, Virginia Dentata movie. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I'm probably just gonna go ahead and pick it for my birthday or something. Be like, we're watching it, damn it. <laughs> we're doing this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vinnie Jones, Vinnie Jones, for all the people Vinnie who Jones, are screaming yeah. at their uh, iPhones right now through the, <laughs> as they listen to us, like screw up and forget stuff. <laughs> exactly. But no, he's. He, I agree. He he makes. He's the. He's He's the star of this film. Um, unfortunately, he's also one of the reasons that it's so fucking problematic because what his character does. <laughs> so, Ooh, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we do have to, to, to touch upon that. But be, before we do that, I do want to talk about some of the stuff that I found hilarious in this film or a little awkward um, right off the bat in the opening. The way Lewis kisses Gilbert's mob is really uncomfortable. <laughs> right? What the heck? <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been close with some of my friends' families where it's like, you get a hug or like they ask how you're doing and, you know, stuff like that. Never. <laughs> If I kissed one of my friend's moms like that. I, and then they stand there kind of holding hands for a while. Like, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. I, uh, the theme song, I still fucking love to this day. 
Yeah, I, I, I put I put it on my phone. And I was listening to it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. It's it's very you know like Devo. You know. Yeah. Um, the Alpha Beta House is totally my idea of hell. <laughs> yep. When we finally see the Alpha Beta House, and they're just like drowning each other in beer and like screaming and punching things, and people are flying down the stairs. I'm like, oh no, no, I. I yeah. can't deal with that. And I was getting so mad through the, throughout the entire movie at the amount of beer that they just like spill and waste. I was like, are you fucking, what are you doing, guys? It's such a party foul. Stop. <laughs> so expensive. Uh, there's one scene where after they kick the nerds out of the uh, their dorm, we see the coach driving away on his little scooter. <laughs> and was it Ulrich or whatever? He's sitting yeah. on the back of it. He looks exactly like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and dude i i was in tears i had to pause the movie because i was laughing so fucking hard i'm like he's just the way he looks back and forth it looks like someone's got their hand up his butt like it just... <laughs> oh, oh man oh, well I'll, I'll say too that having not seen it in a, a number of years um not you know decades ago like some of the movies we covered but right. it's it's been a little while i definitely forgot a couple of things that happened you know i i actually i did kind of forget the Dean Ulick and uh, the John Goodman coach, their kind of dynamic that they themselves were kind of like a nerd and a jock. And, yeah. or maybe I just never noticed that, noticed that before. Um, but yeah, I, I was just so shocked at how fucking clueless and gullible Lewis specifically is, but just the nerds <laughs> in general, like for such smart kids, they're fucking morons. <laughs> they really are. And the funny thing is like Booger seems to be one of the smartest one amongst them. Yeah. <laughs> like at least socially. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I actually when I was a kid, I actually saw Revenge of the Nerds two first, right? Nerds in Paradise, and it's still my favorite. It's my favorite movie of the franchise. I like definitely like it better than this one. Um, and I remember seeing that movie and having the character with Booger, and just wondering like, why the fuck is Booger here? Like, I know that this is a sequel to another <laughs> movie that I haven't seen, so I, like, I don't really question the fact that like, there's this weird guy on the phone all the time, <laughs> this guy Gilbert who's not there. But like, is there even as a kid, I remember thinking there's got to be some story as to why Booger is with them because he is not a nerd. He is just fucking gross. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's just a social misfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I definitely that there, there were more. I think there was more of those in the first movie, uh, and maybe yeah. maybe Nerds in Paradise, maybe more so than I remember. But you think of it as like nerds that like these are the smart, like you know, A student kids who you know the ones who ask for homework and like read right. more chapters than they have to. But I think it really it is more about that these are just like social outcasts and social misfits. It's they're not just nerds. You know, they're geeks, they're dorks, they're losers, they're dweebs. You know. Yep. Well, there, there's that one guy in the background of the the Lambda 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 photo when they, that just has like the hair that's just like shoved up to one side. Like yeah. every scene we see him and that's his thing. He's just got really fucked up hair. It's like, OK, that that's his nerd ability. <laughs> fucked up hair. <laughs> hey, everyone, everyone has to have their specialty, right? And get a robotics expert and, you know, the mathematician yeah. or whatever. This the, dude the, just has messed up hair. Yeah. Um, one thing that, that I, a little story I got to tell when they're looking for their, their new houses. And well, first of all, the scene with Booger looking for the house fucking still to this day cracks me up. He knocks on the door, the little mail slot opens. Goes, what do you want? He's like, uh, I'm yeah. here about the room for, it's not for red. I thought it was for red. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> off my porch. <laughs> not for you. Whole scene cracks me up. But the scene with Wormser. Oh yeah. God. Oh my God. 
and it's especially uh, it especially sticks in my brain because I had something very similar happen to me like this. So for those of you that haven't seen the movie, they're they're looking for uh, you know new housing, and Wormser is like the what like 13, 14 year old. He's he's a, yeah. he's a young kid, and he goes to this house, and this this large woman in a a teddy <laughs> answers the door and tells him that the room is right next to hers and they can have a lot of fun. And she like runs her fingers through his hair. <laughs> now this is a child, right? Like, so going back, like I, here I am 12 years old, have a paper route collecting on my paper route. My dad used to drive me because like one time I did get jumped and they tried to steal my money. Um, thankfully I got away. <laughs> like it was some of the bullies that I was dealing with at school. Um, but we went to this one house and a very large woman that lived there came to the door in negligee and asked me if I was a good little paper boy and deserved a tip. Oh, geez. <laughs> My dad could not stop laughing because of what he was seeing. Um, I froze because I was like, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, what? No, no, I, a tip. Uh, you don't have to tip. <laughs> like I was really confused. <laughs> she paid. I went to the car. He goes, what the fuck just happened? And I explained to him. He goes. Oh, no, that's not okay. Like, all he saw was the woman in the negligee answering and me freezing. So he didn't know the conversation until after I got back in the car. That was a very disturbing time. Uh, after that, he was always there when, like, he would walk with me <laughs> to the door. Like, this is creepy. Um, but yeah, so, so that scene always stuck in my head. Man, it's so funny you mentioned that because almost the exact same thing happened to me on my paper route or something similar. Um, but it was a it was a guy, <laughs> and like I I don't want to get too you know too far down this rabbit rabbit trail either because we got to get back and talk about the movie. But yeah, I used to I used to deliver a newspaper when I was thirteen and fourteen, and I delivered it on um, Main Street in Niagara Falls and off some of the some of the little side roads. And there was a restaurant, and I used to deliver to the restaurant, and so. Whenever I would go to like collect money, it was never a big deal. I would just go inside and there was always like a bartender or a hostess or somebody. And, you know, they were expecting me once a week to come and get my cash. And But then in the mornings, it was always like I never knew who was going to be there. So sometimes I would just leave it like by the door or if the restaurant was open, I would go in and or, or I would open the door and hello, who's in here? Is it am I giving this to the kitchen staff? Or am I giving this to, you know, whatever, because back then people were I don't know why people always wanted their paper like first thing in the morning. Like they have to, have to read it right away. I don't, yep. I don't know what the what the obsession was that was, but my dad was the same way. Like the earlier the better. Give me that damn paper. So yep. yeah, and uh, but sometimes they would sometimes they would also they they would give me you know like chips or a soda or something. So yeah, I was always good about going in the door and giving it to them. But this one time I I did that. I went I went in to give it to whoever was in the restaurant, and you know I'm like a 13 or 14 year old kid, and some guy from the kitchen comes out. He's like, oh, I'll take that. And I was wearing like shorts and a t-shirt, and I remember him just making some really strange comments because he was like, oh man, it's so hot out there. Like you must be really tired. And he was just like, oh yeah, I like I like those shoes. Let me see those shoes. And he like crouches down. He's like looking at my shoes. And and he's looking at my my legs and he's like, oh, you've got really strong calves. Like they're probably so sore out here while walking around. Like you probably could use a massage. And I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. God. see you later. <laughs> run away, run Dude. away. <laughs> exactly. And from then on, I never went in the restaurant. From then on, I was like, nope, your paper's going on the front porch. Sorry. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. Creepy. Oh, uh, oh, man. I'll tell you offline what the restaurant is. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway. <laughs> You know what's funny though is I bet there are thousands uh, of you know paper delivery kids <laughs> across the country with similar stories. Yep. Oh, people are. Oh great. man. 
people are weird. Yo, so so speaking of weird people and problematic uh, issues, uh, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. We've been we've been you know kind of jumping around the the idea of doing this as a topic, and partly I think for me because I think it's a great movie and it just needs a couple of changes. But the changes that it needs are like kind of you know they're big, and I also don't really want to. Mm, I don't know. It's not that I'm, I don't want to be associated with the movie, but I don't necessarily know that I want to be all on, all on social media, you know, blasted about how much we love this movie, knowing right. that now in, you know, the 2020s, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who would immediately realize that this is problematic. But um, okay. just a quick just a quick rundown. Again, anyone who listens to the show has has probably seen the movie. But if you haven't, the quickest summary I can I can, I can do is, you know, uh, nerd best friends, Lewis and Gilbert. Uh, go to college. They're going off to university. They're going to go and like stay in the dorms. Uh, they're so so excited about it. It's going to be. Uh, they're going to go to computer, you know, classes, and they they bring a fucking robot with them. Like, they're, and they're just talking about how they're going to party and meet new friends. It'll be so exciting. And then. Almost immediately after they get there, when the Alpha Beta football jocks are partying in their fraternity, they burn their fucking frat house down. And then through an absolute like injustice, like an that could that would never never even happen in real life, not even in 1984. But the fucking uh, coach of the football team, like a bully. Uh, or you know, like like the typical jock that we get in this movie, he bullies the dean of the school into letting the fucking football players go into the freshman dorm and just take whatever the room they want and kick out anybody who's in there. And they literally throw their shit out the window. And all including of the, some of the people, <laughs> including some of the people, and all the people who were living in there who got kicked out go to live in the gym. Uh, on on like army cots and then eventually they all either move off campus they get except into an into a fraternity so they have somewhere else to live and the only ones that are left are all of these misfits that the movie repeatedly refers to as nerds they eventually find this old house that's completely like condemned and falling down but they fix it all up they all move in to live together and they decide that they want you know they need to form like their own fraternity so that they can get rid of the the, the, the alpha beta jocks who are in charge of the you know Greek council or whatever that apparently rules the fucking school for some reason. Right. <laughs> so much so that the cops can't help them. I know even the cops are like, oh no, it's just it's frat business, you know. So they <laughs> so they want to form a frat. They get they eventually uh, get through this awesome party that they throw and a little bit of pity, they eventually get sponsored by a national, uh, traditionally, you know, black fraternity, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And then they go in, into a competition with the other fraternities, specifically Alpha Beta and their sister sorority, uh, Pi Delta Pi. Uh, and, and the competition is a big, like, homecoming carnival where they do, like, a musical piece and a skit and, like, there's, like, physical competitions and races and all this kind of stuff, and which Whatever fraternity wins the competition gets to be the head of the Greek council and apparently rule the fucking school. And, you know, that, that, and that's kind of that. So by the end of the, by the end of the movie, you know, the nerds, you know, win, they get in charge, they get the girls, everybody's happy. Or are they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, And the jocks, of course, destroy their, their new house because they won. So they're sore losers and they go and destroy the new house. And then they have that whole speech where like the, the, they have the homecoming football team, like, in front of the crowd and the, the nerds come up and give their whole I'm a nerd speech. And then all the crowd comes down and joins them and they all chant nerds while we are the champions plays. <laughs> 
and it's a big triumphant ending and everyone walks away thinking this is so good and hey i'll be honest like i'm not even gonna joke when I say like when I was a kid and then both now as an adult like you know I get like a little like choked up because I'm just like yeah you know I was a nerd and these guys like they got picked on and beat up and bullied and all their shit was stolen and no one fucking cared until eventually they were like hey man like how do we why do we let these you know these pretty boy assholes push us around and tell us what to do when there's like 10 times as many of us as there are of them like what is this yep. like, what is this injustice and all they have to do is band together and it's like you know it's very like inspirational and emotional uh, if you know the main characters of the movies weren't like rapist jerks. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and and therein lies the problem. Is now it was the '80s, and not that I'm excusing it, but I'm just saying stuff like Porky's was the standard for these types of comedies. So you had to expect, unfortunately, stereotype jokes, racist jokes, gay jokes. Uh, you know, sexist jokes, all that kind of stuff. It was kind of part and parcel for that time frame. Not excusing it at all. Just again saying at the time that was just seen as acceptable. Um, not that it is, but right. Uh, yeah. Then of course they kind of one up it in this movie because we have there. There I would I would boil it down to there's plenty of, of fucked up scenes like I mentioned with Worms there, uh, but there are two particular scenes. The, these are the main offenders in my opinion. There's the panty raid scene. So basically to set this up, they, they have their big party, you know, everything's going great. Uh, and the, the pies and the alpha betas th- send a bunch of pigs into their party. Um, and then moon them and be like, Hey, we thought we could, use, you could use some more pigs for your party nerds. And then they take off laughing at them and basically embarrass them in front of, um, I forget his name, but the, the head of the Lambda, 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 like national chapter. Oh yeah. What's his um, name? Jefferson, right? Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. So they embarrass him in front of, in front of Jefferson. So they're like, we got to get him back. Like this isn't fair. Like, you know, we, we got to do something. So they, they create this plan to go and raid the Pi Delta Pi sorority, um, and they have Wormser and Lamar sneak into the attic and set up cameras to record in every room. Meanwhile, Gilbert, Lewis, Booger, the rest of them run around and just break into their rooms and like steal their underwear and like bust in them, bust in on them in the shower and like look at them naked. Just, it's fucked up. Um, so and then we we the whole next scene is them watching these like toilet cams and shit of the the yeah. pie and it's again it's fucked up now back in the 80s everyone had a big laugh even though it was wrong but you know you get that like it, it's funny how it doesn't age you know like as a mm-hmm. as a kid in the 80s and even in the early 90s like it was just like ha ha you know you laugh at it and then once i became an adult watching i was like oh oh god oh that's fucked up <laughs> like you start to realize how messed up this is um, so there's that. And then the big offender is uh, Betty and, and Stan are working at a kissing booth at the, uh, the homecoming carnival. And Lewis, of course, comes up. He's got a thing for Betty throughout the whole movie. He buys a bunch of tickets to kiss her. And she's like, I'm not kissing a nerd. And like she goes like leaves, leaves, you know, walks away from Lewis. And I got to say, just as a side note. What Stan does is extra fucked up, considering this woman was part of the Pi Delta Pi sorority. They had the the big lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kiss this nerd. Like, he called her a this. Like, it's just like, oh, dude, like, fucked up. But so Betty wants to screw around with Stan. And Stan, I I still don't to this day really understand this insult. He's like, God, Betty, you're like a goat. I don't quite get that, but okay. Um, (laughs) 
So he yeah, tells her, like, you know, she, you know, I'm not, basically, I'm not horny. Get away from me. Um, well, she gets pissed off and storms off into the funhouse. Lewis sees this. He grabs Stan's costume and follows in, making her think it's her boyfriend. But he refuses to take off the mask because it's kinky. And proceeds to have sex with her. So clearly this is rape. Like, this is yeah. not okay. Um, and of course, you know, because he was good at sex, you know, she was like, oh, I, I loved it. Like, no, like yeah. nothing about I, this is all right. They give this like ridiculous justification where she was like, you know, like, why are you so good at this? And he's like, oh, all jocks would think about his sports and all we nerds ever think about is sex. And then she like literally falls in love with him. And we see from the sequels that like they get married and like they, they're together like decades later. And I'm like, this is such a fucked up message um, that. Yeah. And, and, and again, this is an 80s movie. It's very much of its time. There, again, there was things like Porky's and Meatballs and just all kinds of shit that was like, you know, pretty not OK by today's standards. But, yeah, the revenge in the title of the movie is so uh, I don't know if it's worse than like th- these other guys like destroying their house and like, you know, and wrecking their lives or whatever. I don't know that I want to measure it if it's like better or worse, but like it's just an unjustified response. Right. Because. Right. In an 80s movie, and even as revenge against people who are, you know, destroying your shit and fucking up your whole life and taking your the place where you live and breaking things, like maybe the panty raid I could have been okay with. Like, you know, these are this is the sorority that helped the alpha betas terrorize the jock or the nerds. So like maybe I could have understood the panty raid, like we're gonna, you know, break into your house and run around and act like a bunch of idiots and look at your boobs and steal your underwear and run away, you know, and not even hide our faces so you know that it's us. I could have right. maybe like it's messed up, but like I, I went okay, fine. Like that's a that's a bad prank, but it definitely feels like a prank. But yeah, but putting the cameras into their house yeah. and filming them and then watching them and everybody in the in the nerd house is just going along with it. They all think it's awesome. And then yeah, and then later on this like rape by deception sequence that leads to, you know, this, you know, dumb misguided sorority popular chick realizing that, Oh, nerds really are amazing. And and then falling in love with this person who literally, you know, just raped her. And it's like, I I can't, I can't, you know, go along with that. The panty raid, maybe I, I could have forgiven, but I just can't forgive this sequence at the carnival. It's, it's a bridge too far. And that's part of why I, I said before, like, I don't know that I want to be associated on social media with like, hey, guys, listen to our new episode about, you know, Revenge of the Nerds. And, you know, right. you, know you know, that movie where the main character, like, you know, rapes the, his enemy's girlfriend. Like, Jesus Christ. Exactly. It's it is. It definitely is a bridge too far. And, it, and it's honestly, I think it's the reason that this movie is so hard to find on streaming. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. very, very difficult to find right now. But so, OK, so proposed fixes. Now. This is this is what I personally think would be a way to fix it. Let's see if you if you have ideas as well. Um, so for the panty raid, instead of of breaking in and stealing the panties and doing the whole like haha look at your boobies type thing, what if instead because they're nerds, they decide to fuck with the plumbing, so that they know like where it's all connected. <laughs> sure. They fuck with the water pressure, fuck with the so all you know they're all showering trying to get the smell of pig off of them after sending those pigs in the nerds house. They're like, what the fuck's going on? And then they just increase the pressure like insane. So the showers go haywire. The toilets explode, like just flooding the sorority, covering them in like sewer water and like yeah. all this gross stuff. And they all come running out of the sorority, like 
freaking out, you know, looking like drowned rats, like in, in their pajamas and like towels mm-hmm. and just like poo and pee and all sorts. Of, they're like, oh, my God. And then the nerds take a bunch of Polaroids of them like, ha ha. And like, you know, gotcha. And then they take off. So instead of, you know, it being sexual, it's just they basically returned the prank in kind. Like, you're going to put a bunch of smelly pigs in our house. Well, we're going to make you smell like poop, you know, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think that that's awesome. And they could even they got to catch Betty or one of the one of the characters catch him in um, like a compromising situation or something that would be funny because later on at the homecoming carnival part of part of how the nerds win or they're doing really well is one of the competitions is to earn money and you mentioned before you mentioned stan who's the leader of the alpha beta house played by ted mcginley who i love from married with children (laughs) um so yeah so stan and uh betty have their little kissing booth or they're charging money you know to kiss the the popular kids and so the nerds they have like uh, a pie stand they're selling just whipped cream in, in a pie tin but yep. people are buying it because they're putting a picture of a topless betty in the bottom of the can and that's why obviously people are buying it to get the picture so instead of the topless picture that they took through deception it could just be some like really embarrassing picture you know that they that they take a betty and people buy it and then and then it's funny instead of being like lascivious you know I think they could even change that. Uh, we could one up that again because we already see that Booger is a huge pothead, and we see that he like he even he's like wonder joints and he's got these giant <laughs> like right. fucking you know pipe sized you know joints. Um, so clearly the guy is growing his own stuff or has a nice connection. What if we see like him growing something in the basement of the house, like you know this strain is going to get everybody fucked up type of thing. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. They, they basically make edibles. <laughs> they make pies. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, oh my God, I need more. And like, so they're just getting really fucking stoned. And people they can't figure out why are people coming back and, and eating these pies over there? Just simple pies. What's happening? But again, it's like, you know, nerd powered weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really great idea. Yeah. They they like make like infused like, you know, whipped cream, right? And mm-hmm. they bring in these big containers. And that actually is cool too, because there's they're in that sequence where they're selling the pies, uh, Stan and Burke and we haven't mentioned Ogre by the amazing yep. Donald Gibb. I fucking love Ogre so much. Um, <laughs> you know, they send Ogre over there to get a pie and he, you know, of course, you know, he bullies his way past the the crowd and elbows in and gets himself one and then he he's eating it really fast and he's like, It's good, it's okay, whatever, you know. And then he's the one who sees the picture for the first time. It'd be really funny if he was just like slurping down this whipped cream pie and he's like, It's a good, it's okay, it's and then he just like Timber <laughs> there goes Ogre, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> and see, yeah. and again, like that, it's it's comical. It's not, you know, offensive. <laughs> like you're not, you know, uh, harming somebody in it. So it, it definitely. Now, as far as the 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 most insidious sequence. So let let's just get rid of that altogether. Now here's here's my concept for this. So we have a segment. Maybe it's right after the kissing booth scene. Where Stan insults Betty. Maybe he's he's kind of, you know, he, he's kind of mean about it. It's not just, hey, you're like a goat, you know. He has some kind of insult. And then Lewis gets, you know, gets his ire, ire up and tries to stand up for Betty. Which, of course, is going to piss off Stan and his buddies. So, mm-hmm. you know, Ogre and Burke kind of hold him back while Stan beats the shit out of Lewis. So Betty sees this, freaks out and runs off like, holy shit. Like, I'm fine with pranking these guys, but this is, this is, this is fucked up. So she takes off, is upset with Stan. Then we cut back to like maybe maybe we have like 
maybe it's not at the carnival. Maybe it's at a different point in the movie. Um, so maybe we, we have her go and see Lewis to check and see if he's okay. And he's more concerned about her being okay. So, which is kind of throwing her off. Cause it's like, wait a second. Why does he care about me? Like, you know, we, we constantly fucked with him. Why does he give a shit? But he's determined, like he's clearly in love with this girl. So they end up having, we'll have a conversation scene where it's like the two of them talk, they get to know each other. And then she's like, I, I gotta go. I can't be here. And then she takes up. Now she can't stop thinking about him. So the whole time at the homecoming carnival, it's like she's kind of like almost rooting for them, even though she's part of the other team. And then at the end of the movie, when she gives Stan back his ring and is like, I'm done. And she goes off with Lewis. It would make sense and feel earned because it would feel like they got to know each other. There was this this building, budding romance throughout the film, like uh, this little underbelly kind of romance. And then eventually, yeah, she ends the, the nerd gets the girl. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think you know, that, that's a perfect fix. And we, we could technically do all of that in the third act of the movie at the homecoming carnival, right? We could, because we've already seen that Lewis kind of has a crush on Betty specifically. And while she went along with the pranks and a lot of the things that even that she did were pretty, you know, mean spirited, she was always like nice to his face at least, you know? So she's got some humanity because even, you know, because Stan and the rest of the alpha betas, like they were just fucking a-holes the whole time, whether they were, even when they were pretending to be nice, they just had these big shit-eating grins on their faces, you know, whereas Betty seemed like she was like, a decent person but you know caught up in 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 this all this rivalry you know um so yeah so by the time we get to the to the carnival i think we i I agree i say we do exactly that like right at the very beginning whatever the very first competition is you know the nerds win i think i think it's the one where where um the one uh the one oh, Japanese student, yeah, when Takashi, he wins the the little like mini uh, tricycle race, you know, yeah. uh, maybe like right after that, like, you know, Lewis says something with his big, crazy honking laugh and he makes some comment, you know, and Stan is just he's so pissed off that they won anything, let alone the first thing. And his buddy Burke got taken out right off the bat that, you know, Stan just is just like, that's it. I've had enough. And he just turns and like, wait, you know, just wails on uh, Lewis, just like pops him in the nose. And then, yeah, just yeah. kind of beats the crap out of him. And the other nerds can't do anything alphabetics just like stand there letting it happen yeah and then maybe betty runs over and she's like that's it that's enough stan like it was funny but like you know you know you can't you know can't kill the guy or whatever and right. you know and that's enough for and then stan is just like you know whatever she he shakes her arm off and get off me blah 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 and then you know yeah exactly right just like you said nerd or uh lewis goes off and then a little bit later on like maybe around the kissing booth sequence we see lewis like walk up in the kissing booth line and betty sees him and she's like oh you know you poor poor thing whatever and of course right. to your point lewis is more concerned about her like is she okay like did stan push her you know blah 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 and that's when stan comes over is like you know kiss this nerd and like you know instead of her saying that she's like horny and wants to go off and fool around in like the the bounce house or whatever instead she just kind of storms off because stan's being a dick again Right. And then again, and and then maybe instead of going off and having a little like rape tryst in the bounce house, you know, she just goes off somewhere to like, you know, clear her head and sit down. And maybe Lewis just follows her and, you know, and he's doing that thing where he's got his hands in his pockets and kind of kicking the dirt and trying to awkwardly talk to her. (laughs) And they have like a little moment like under a tree somewhere, you know, and of course Stan sees this and he's just like seething. Right. So that's just building up to this big revenge that the Alpha Bays are going to get by destroying their house because, you know, now for Stan, for the first time it's become personal to him you know right and so i think yeah that the layers there are really really good and it'd be so much more interesting than like you know 
Betty just completely falls in love with like nerd dick, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, now to be fair, we do see what nerd dick is capable of during the, uh, la- uh, the Lambda and Omega Moo party where Poindexter starts dancing and literally his dick dances. Yeah. Like, exactly. I'm sorry, yeah. but that scene still cracks me up every time. Cause he starts getting down and then you just see his dick dancing. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely proved that they weren't nerds in in the bedroom because even Lewis at that point, like he takes a girl upstairs and then she when she comes around the corner from the bedroom, like her face is like shocked, you know, she's yep. like, whoa, and her hair's all messed up. And, you know, and then, you know, and he stands at the top looking like Hugh Hefner, like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and oh, I, yeah, I think I think all of that it would be so much better. And then the rest of the movie is just you leave it alone. Like maybe clean up a couple of the jokes, but even again at the time, like okay, fine, we, we'll we'll go with it, right? Some of the some of the humor is maybe outdated, but for 1984, it would have fit right into the other movies that were around at the time. So yeah, we yeah. just do those do those two things, like you said, and we're done. Okay, that's it, Mike. That was uh, our fourth shortest short episode. episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shortest one ever. I guess we're done. Thanks everyone for listening to the Raised by Rentals program. Uh, <laughs> but wait a second. What if we completely remade the movie? Oh man, now I'm tired already. Jeez, what do you want to do here? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Oh um, no, I you know I I think this would be kind of fun. Um. So we, spooky season is upon us. It, it's almost October. Uh, I, I know we tend to lean into more horror-centric ideas, but it's it's hard to help considering half of our duo is a complete horror nerd. I'm talking about me over here. Um, so Really? I never would have thought. <laughs> I don't get that from you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It, no, but it's very hard for me to not think in terms of spooky content. Um, so I feel like we could turn this into almost a whodunit murder mystery, um, with the, the emphasis on the revenge aspect of Revenge of the Nerds. Nice. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm hella down for sure. Let's do it. Okay, cool. First things first, uh, we have to figure out like, why is there happening? Uh, so I think we're going to keep, I, I like, this is my proposal. I, I say we keep the entire like opening segment, how we get to the school, you know, we see the nerds, we see that they, yes, are nerdy. The jocks don't like them. Yada, yada, yada. The jock house burns down, whatever. We, we have some reason that the jocks hate the nerds. So they kick them out of the, the dorm. We have all that, right? Well, during the pranks, like when they're pranking each other, fucking with each other, something is going to go wrong. And I think we need to kill off a character. What do you think? Okay, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So let's let's slow down just a little bit. I I totally agree. So I say, yeah, we start the movie off pretty much the exact same way, right? There's no reason why we have to completely like reinvent it from the ground up, but let's just go a little bit faster so we have some time to kind of fuck with, you know, our own plot as we get as we get into this because well, I guess we'll kind of see how complicated uh, and how deep we're gonna go. But yeah, we get Lewis and Gilbert to the the college uh which i don't think they ever named it but i guess it's in arizona somewhere in like real life but anyway uh i don't uh, know uh, what adams college oh there you go that's, it's right yeah that's, that's right that's right that's right adams college uh because that's right they were the adams adams <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um 
But one of these days we're going to have to talk about, like, why there were so many movies in the 80s that took place in Arizona. Like, I don't know why that was a trend, yeah, but yeah. holy shit, there were a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I noticed it in The Wraith and then in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Like, they they put the movie in Arizona. I think that's the first time I ever realized that they were, like, they were making fun of the trope, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, side note, back to the movie. So, yeah, we get them to the Adams College. And we do the exact same thing. Like, they are so excited. They, they're they going to live in the dorms. They get kicked out by these dumbass jocks. They have to, like, go live in the gym. And I think during this this initial sequence where they're, like, looking for a place to live, we need to ramp up the jock on nerd violence, you know, um, kind of earlier in the movie. Because when we, when we first meet Ogre, he's literally hanging a guy upside down by his ankles from the second or maybe it was the third story of their frat house, right. just screaming, nerds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then he drops the dude, fit like head down. <laughs> right? Like, holy crap. So, yeah, I say, like, while they're trying to look for a house, let's have it so that. Stan and Burke and Ogre, you know, the little inner circle of the Alpha Beta uh, football jocks, they see that, hey, all these guys, all these fucking nerds who are left in the gym, you know, they're looking for a place to live. They found this old house. Like, we got to stop it. Like, we got to get these nerds out of our college. Like, they don't belong here. And so right off the bat, we instead of it just being pranks on guys they don't like, they decide that this is our college and we don't need these dorks here. So we got to get rid of them. And they're going to start not just pranking them, but almost like sabotaging, right? Okay, to the point, yeah. maybe even sabotaging their search for an apartment. So, yeah, sometimes it's funny. We get the sequence with Booger getting yelled at through the mail slot. But maybe we swap out the, the worms or seduction for like, you know, something where like – they knock on the door and we see we see that there's an alpha beta like already in the house like shh like I'll answer the door for you ha 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 you know and yeah and, and like you know you, you give the guy like a like an atomic wedgie or some shit you know what I mean so like right off the bat it's the the alpha betas are trying to get rid of these guys so when they find that they're this big house like before we get the montage where they fix it all up you know that that have a montage. Cause you got to have a montage. That's where we see Stan say, that's it. Like we can't let this happen. If they get this house, they're never going to leave. Okay. Oh yeah. No, see, this is perfect because they're, they're fixing up this big dilapidated house. So what if they, the, yeah, the, the alpha betas go to sabotage the house while they're fixing it up. So like maybe the, the nerds are like, they go off to get more supplies at like the lumber yard or whatever. And the alpha betas like sneak in and like, I don't know, like, they fuck with something like, you know, okay. they saw the, the floor joists or something like that. So now when the nerds come back to, to continue working, like instead of uh, it just, you know, ha ha, your floor collapsed. Like what if somebody like it collapses and they get like buried under rubble and like impaled on wood or something like somebody dies. Yeah. Okay, I'm down. This is good. So, like, we we ramp up a couple of small sort of prank-like sabotage efforts to just – they just take shit way too far, way too fast, you know, and whether whether they mean to be that brutal – or if it was an accident, I guess it'll kind of depend on the tone we go for. But yeah, I completely agree. And I think we should um, sort of upset the expectations by taking one of our main characters, like Lewis or Gilbert, since these are the guys that we followed like from their homes. What if it's one of them? Like we like let's just pull 
the shock moment and have, say, you know, Gilbert, the the yeah. quiet, mousy guy who didn't even really want to go to college because he was nervous about it. And then, you know, right off the bat, you're like, yeah, exactly. He gets you know, he gets crushed under this like second story railing. And maybe we don't see him get impaled, but he's just like crushed under it. And we see like his hand, like the blood trickles off of his finger. And they're like, oh, no. And then, of course, you know, we, we cut to like later on and there's like a funeral sequence or they're in the hospital and the doctor says we couldn't save him. Or, you know, one of those very typically sort of trope uh, scenes where we're going to find out almost immediately that, yeah, like he died. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even, so maybe we don't have a funeral scene. Uh, l- l- how about this? How about instead we do something like uh, when the, the house collapses in, like the, maybe they already fixed the electrical and like they were just kind of putting the, the final, mm-hmm. you know, final touches on like some of the, you know, like I said, like, uh, like fixing up the floor, like tearing up the floorboard, stuff like that. What if, you know, it collapses in and a, a fire starts and they can't get in to save Gilbert? Oh, no. Okay, that's even better. So it's like everything they're, and they're freaking out. You know, the jocks are watching from afar and they're like, oh, shit, like this just got real. Like now they're worried, like we're going to get arrested, you know, so they take off. Um, so we see the, you know, emergency crews and all that. They put out the fire and it's just fucking rubble. Like everything is just this. The whole house is destroyed. And like they know Gilbert's in there, but like they, they got to wait and find out, like, you know, wh- where the body is type of thing. Um so yeah, so we're we're gonna see like Gilbert brought to the morgue and all that. We have we're gonna have our sad moment with the nerds like freaking out, like you know what the hell happened, like you know why do they do this to us, all that, and then maybe we even cut like we do like a you know one year later type thing, and the nerds are like they they got another place, you know they're kind of doing their own thing, but they're they're almost like. I don't want to say they know their place, but it's like they're 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 not as delusional as they once were. They know these guys are out to to fuck with them, and they're just like, we just got to get through college and get on with our lives. So it's like a very somber kind of like, fuck this, you know, f- fuck reality type of thing, and just just deal. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I I think that's great. So we we do this whole like sort of lighthearted montage sequence where they fix up the house, they put all this effort in, they move all their shit in. And then, yeah, exactly. Like the alphabet has come and they, they fuck with it and start a fire and, and the house burns down. And we just, we get the scene of all the nerds like standing around covered in like, you know, soot on their faces, like watching and then fade to black. And maybe not a year later, but maybe it's, you know, a couple months, like a couple months later, it's like the next semester or something, you know, like six months later. And then, yeah. And then we, 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 we bring the camera back in and we see Lewis and it, the other nerds are kind of sitting around somewhere like in a basement or someplace. And, and Lewis is kind of given a speech, kind of like what you just said, where he's like, OK, so, so it's a new semester. Remember, guys, like, you know, we, we, we stick to, you know, the computer building and, and, and building, you know, B and like, don't go near the dorms and, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Make sure if you see any, you know, anyone getting picked on or any new freshmen or, you know, whatever. It's, he's kind of almost like he's going over the rules, like for the for, yeah. the, for, our, for our, the audience's sake, but also kind of reminding everybody that like, OK, it's a new semester we're back from like you know holiday break or whatever and you know don't forget you know to, to keep your head down and stay safe and you know remember always remember gilbert and have like a picture of him on the wall you know poor guy and then yeah and that so we kind of take we kind of took the wind out of the comedy sales um but then we got we, we got to see you know lewis is uh you know like i said less excited less gullible and but he's also kind of kind of defeated right um 
we follow, and I'm not sure what the scene is exactly, but we got to follow Lewis where, you know, he goes to class and, you know, maybe he sees, you know, an alpha beta and, you know, I don't know who knows, maybe, 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 uh, Stan, you know, has the balls to say something to him. Like, you know, Hey, do you guys find a place to live? Ha 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 ha. Or, or yeah. something or like, Hey, where's that friend of yours or something fucking cruel, you know? Yeah. Rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah. Uh, just so we can kind of see that, that like the alphabetas have learned fucking nothing. There was no repercussions, you know, and then and maybe we even have a sequence or during that little pep talk, Lewis can say something like, you know, we tried to go to the cops and, you know, they just they just, you know, they believe the coach. You know, it's like the, the it's a college town and whatever. And, uh, you know, really just uh, villainize the not only the alphabetas, the football team, but also the coach John Goodman, too, <laughs> you right. know, uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then I think this is where we get into the horror. So now we we have to jump to a scene where after all of this, you know, Lewis sees maybe or maybe he like sees like football practice, like through a fence as he's like walking by and he stops and kind of gives him a squinty look like, oh, you guys, you know, and yep. then we skip to like, you know, maybe it's that night. And it's like football practice is over and the whole team is they're like leaving the locker room and it's, the night has fallen. They're going in different directions. And maybe the guy's like, hey, like going back to the going back to, you know, the frat house for, you know, the girls are bringing the beer or whatever. And one of them, I'm not sure who, maybe it's Burke, maybe it, who, maybe it's just some random alphabet we don't know about very well. And maybe he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to I got to go, you know, pick up the keg or whatever. So he goes out by himself. We got to get him alone, you know, uh, <laughs> at night on the university. So of then we course. and then we're going to see. Like that classic like 80s point of view shot of like you know like the camera is like black and then you, it moves and it's like oh we were standing behind a tree and now we're gonna see something from like a stalker's eyes yeah so okay i i i, I like this so yeah we have this unnamed alpha beta so like alpha beta fodder one <laughs> yeah that's a good name. yeah just like just like his mama called him <laughs> exactly so like let, let's say maybe maybe yeah maybe he's got to go pick up the keg so he's, you know, he's walking to the store or, whatever, or walking to his car and you see exactly like you said, like, like the black screen come out from behind the tree and like rush toward him. And then you see like a bag go over his head and screen cuts to black. And then like nice. the guy wakes up and he's like gagged and maybe like in his underwear or something like tied up in what looks like a basement. And he's just like, like he's he's talking to somebody trying to say something. And you just see again, POV shot. You see him take the, you know, take the gag out of the guy's mouth. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'll fucking kill you, boy. And he's like, you know, losing his mind. And then maybe you just see like a knife come up and slash his throat. Just like real clean and simple. Just boom, dead. And he's yeah. like starts gurgling, choking on his own blood, falls down dead, screen cuts to black. So somebody just killed this fucker. We don't know. who. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So, okay. So the question is, should this be something where nobody will know about it right away so that we can kind of keep things quiet for some more like stealthy kills. Or Absolutely. is it that like, you know, he wakes up and he's like in the locker room, you know, and then oh, I love the locker rooms better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, does that, but that, does that mean that like the, the football team's going to come in the next day and find him or is the body mysteriously not there? You know, like, hmm, I'm not sure which, which is a better you know twist on like, where do we, where do we go? Let's save the locker room. This one, let's let's do a basement kill. Like, so we don't know where it is, what house it's in. You know, wh where is this person? Where where was he taken? You know, who killed him? All that. Let, let's keep that uh, kind of still mysterious. So, like, we'll, we'll cut to the jocks 
uh, the next day and be like, you know, whatever happened to, you know, we'll just call him Bill. Whatever happened to Bill? He never showed up with the fucking keg. And they're like, oh, he's, you know, he probably got distracted by some broad, you know, type of thing. And just kind of write it off like, oh, he's he's always letting us down. He's an asshole type of thing. Um, you know, we had to send out Ogre for a six pack or something like that, you know. Oh, um, dude, dude. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be awesome if we, we let's keep the kills like related to like the jock versus nerd like dichotomy. Right. So I like the idea of the next life with the knife. But so either this kill or the next one. Uh, but I kind of like this one because it's like uh, but what I mean is like what if he he's like, oh, I'm going to get the keg, right? which I just kind of threw in as an offhand comment. But what if the POV stalker like doesn't come out and watch him walk away, but he he's watching him leave like the liquor store with like a, like a half keg, you know, heavy. Ah, okay. Right. And he, yeah. throw, he, he puts it in his car or whatever. And then, yeah, we see him, you know, somebody walks up behind him and like puts a bag on his head or chloroform on his mouth or whatever. So then when the dude wakes up, he's all tied up. Maybe he's like tied up on the ground under a tree and he's, and he's yelling up at somebody. Right. And while he's laying on his back all, and then, and then as soon as the shadow steps out of his way, what he sees is this keg like yes. hanging over his head. And then, and then we just, him you know that some hand like chops the rope that's holding it and then the fucking keg comes down and crushes this dude's skull (laughs) fucking chef's kiss man that is beautiful okay so yes we (laughs) i love this that we could have a total 1980s head explosion moment yes like oh i and i always love those back in the day because they would do the dummy filled with like all sorts (laughs) of random food stuffs and just blood uh great so yes we we drop a keg on his head i love it because <laughs> right, we gotta have like we gotta have the like the the, the themed kills you know what i mean like yes. the, all those 80s slasher movies where it was like the holiday theme or like the mm-hmm. you know the the toolbox or whatever like we gotta stick with the theme here oh this, that's perfect oh man that just opened the door to so many ideas okay so so yeah so again the jocks don't know what happened to him you know he's they're pissed off that he's missing a few days go by and he's still not showing up. So now maybe they're getting a little worried. Like, you know, maybe they, they put in a complaint, you know, their, their friend is missing, yada, yada, yada. And because it's the jocks, like people actually are investigating. But again, the killer, whoever it is, it, it, you know, they, they covered the tracks well. So we're going to, we're going to have, you know, a few normal moments of like people in class, stuff like that. You know, just the, the, the filling time montage of like some time has passed since that first kill. People are mm-hmm. starting to let their guard down a little bit. Like, well, you know, who knows where he went? You know, he, he disappeared, but they don't know he's dead yet. So mm-hmm. exactly. our, next, our next kill, I love the locker room idea. I do like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll have something like after practice. Um, you know, I don't know. Do we want to go as far as like taking out one of the main players like Burke? You know, or do we want to do another fodder character? Yeah, so so let, well, let's let's think about that. So we've got Burke, we've got Stan, we've got Ogre. Those are really the only alpha betas that matter, right? Mm-hmm. And we Stan, he, he's got to be like the last one, right? I mean, yeah. I, he's got to be like the final girl, basically, right? Exactly. Or the last kill. And Ogre, we got to save Ogre because that's going to be a big one, right? Yeah. And, and we're going to have to get creative. We're, we're going to have to think about how do how do we take down Ogre? Um, but yeah, so that oh, just leaves. I, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. So I think that, that we should have in our version of the movie, we should have maybe five, right? Let's we need a couple more people to die. So yeah, I think having Burke be the second one is also kind of like that subversion of expectations. Like yeah, we're gonna kill one fodder, and then we're gonna kill like the right hand man, and then maybe two more fodder before we get to ogre, you know? So yeah, I say we get Burke, and we let's let's show that you know. 
at practice, like again, we go back to practice, and and maybe you know Stan is the is the quarterback. Maybe Burke is the one who's like really really into football. Like he's the one. He's he's even yelling at Stan, like you know, get your you know your fucking head in the game. You're thinking about Betty Child's ass over there when like you're missing the pass. You know <laughs> that kind of you know what I mean whatever. And, exactly. And then yeah, we got to get him in the locker room. So like it's it's got to be like a football related death. Like we got to like choke him with a jock strap or take that liquid heat stuff that they were using. You know, uh, and we get, oh dude, that liquid heat would be fucking great. Like make him drink that shit. <laughs> well yeah, I, I do I do like that, but I also kind of like the idea of fucking with the plumbing again because here here's what I'm thinking is like you know the the you know he goes in for the shower after practice. Like the the other guys, it's like you know they 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 shower up quick, they clean up, they get out. He's in the shower by himself, and then the heat fucking get like it's getting hotter and hotter. He's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Then all the shower heads like start turning on, like boiling hot water. So he's nice. like running out, like getting like scalded left early. Like, what the fuck? Like what? The, ah, you know, he's screaming, getting burnt up. Runs out. It's all foggy and steamy and all that. And then somebody like grabs him and slams him up against the locker. And to to, to your credit, takes the bottle of liquid heat and like shoves it in his mouth and forces him to drink it. So now he's like gagging on the fucking liquid heat. He's scalded and just like falls over foaming at the mouth dead. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a burn sequence and like the foamy mouth sequence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And of course we have to have, you know, we got to go back. And okay. It's in, insert scene where we talk about what the liquid heat is, you know, right, but it, show the it, massage. <laughs> yeah. It could even be like right before this, like after practice, he's getting a little massage. Oh, I fucked up my shoulder and then, okay. Hit the showers. Right. And and this yeah, is, that's this why, is, that's why he's late to the showers. Cause he gets, there you massage. go. So, there you go. Yeah. So he's the only one in there. That's perfect. This is I'm getting vibes of that movie from the 80s. Uh, was it Matthew Lawrence? Or was, I forget which Lawrence brother. Joey Lawrence was in Pulse. Remember that movie Pulse? Oh, about God, yes. The electricity that comes to life. And there was yes. that one, one sequence um, where the the mom or the stepmom is in like the shower and it, it turns scalding and she can't get out and it, like melts nope. her skin off. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking of the, the remake of Evil Dead where uh, Mia is standing in the shower and like the the heat gets turned way up and she's just standing there like letting her skin blister because she's possessed and it's oh, like yeah. oh god like it's so freaky looking but yeah oh. shower scalding moments are always scary yeah i also remember too the, the the little lawrence brother that had i think he had i think it was the cobra terror drone that he had in that movie and i was always so fucking jealous of like the rich kid next door <laughs> who had like all the gi joe bases but anyway right? <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. So yeah, we so we take out Burke in like the shower with the we like slough his skin off and then make make him drink liquid heat. And we got to do that like crazy over the top special effect where he shoves the entire bottle down his throat and his like trachea pops out. You yes. know. <laughs> so he's like literally choking to death while burning from the inside. Exactly. Like yeah, just leave. Yeah, like leave a uh, leave no uh, leave no mistake. But he's fucked up. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so this is good. So we, so we got, so let, let's, let, let's stop for a second and think about like college frat jock stereotypes that we can use for kills. So we did the like beer keg, we did the football, like, so what else is it going to be? Maybe something to do with like one of the sorority girls at the same time, like we catch them in like premarital sex. Cause you know, they, they got to die, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think we do need to have so, some, some sexy time kills cause it is a slasher movie. So we got to yeah. have that. But I, I, I definitely have, the the ogre kill in mind and i'm and 
it will involve sports equipment. <laughs> so I'm excited okay. about that one. Okay, so we have to have at least one more fodder before Ogre, maybe two, right? So yeah, um, we gotta get some sorority girls in there. Yeah, so I, I can't think of what another like good stereotype would be because of course it's just like you know beers and football and chicks. Like what? What, well, I what mean, else? We have we have the javelins that we can use. Oh, um, dude, dude, yeah. haze, hazing with a fucking paddle. That perfect. <laughs> yeah, because they're, mean, they're, go ahead. Sorry. I say that that paddle is always vicious looking. So. Right. So we can even still do that sequence where in the real movie where uh, Lewis and Gilbert get kind of tricked into trying to pledge for Alpha Beta, right? And they yeah. get like they were like spraying him in the. But what if it, what if instead of like spraying him in like the shower and trying to embarrass him, what if they did that thing where they were like, you got to take some wax from this uh, this fraternity paddle, right? And so yeah, so then later on it comes back. So our either third or fourth death here will be you know the fraternity paddle, but like you know bend some dude over and like spank him with it. And then just harder and harder and harder until like his skin is splitting on his ass. <laughs> or, or they they wrap the paddle in something like sandpaper. Oh, nice. You know, so or yeah, something like that. But yeah, so we, we definitely have to have have a kill with the paddle. I like that. Um, but we want to have. Do we want to have here the body left in the locker, or do we still want our killer to to clean up? No, I think we should. We think we should still clean up. I'm almost picturing. Um, we got to pull like the, you know, maybe not the Jason Voorhees decorating the forest moment, but at some point when it's just down to Stan, he's the only one left, you know, like maybe Stan stands in the locker room or the, or the frat house or somewhere. And like all the bodies are there, you know? Oh, oh I, I already have how he's going to see all the bodies. I, I was thinking when we, we finally do our killer reveal at the end, it's going to be at the Greek council and all of the bodies will be sitting around in the, in the Greek council. Oh, that's with, perfect. With the killer there. Yeah. No, so, that's, so that's perfect. Right. So yeah, he should definitely clean up but yeah after burke dies it, everything should kind of still be on like on more high alert like maybe the university yeah. puts it puts everybody on a curfew you know that sort of a thing kind of making it harder everyone's kind of like make sure you go everywhere in pairs which would be a great segue into okay so now we're in pairs so we get like you know uh, alpha beta fodder two and one of the pi deltas who are like yeah we're paired up you know we're gonna pair up right up into your dorm room <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> So I I think at some point, and again, I know it's been done, uh, particularly by Jason multiple times, but we have javelins uh, at our disposal. If somebody's fucking, I mean, they can be literally pinned together. Hey, man, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, they, they pair up in their dorm room and then maybe again, we see the POV shot like you know, coming like either up and through the window or something like have them like sneaking in somehow and then just see like the two see the person, like see the killer, like what the fuck? And then you just see the javelin rays and then plop, like right through the two of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have, just pin them to the bed. Just like the 13th part two. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. And all they got to do is throw in some line of dialogue about that. That guy is like, you know, he wasn't, maybe he's not on the football team. Maybe he's the track and field guy, you know, yeah. who, who's in the frat, you know, just again, a little quick little line of dialogue. And so when we go to his room, maybe we even see that he's got like, uh, like ribbons. Maybe he's got like one of those like long jump poles, whatever. Like he's got right. the shit, in, the shit in his room. So it's he at, uh, some, some innuendo about his javelin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just really drive it home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I mean, I it is it. a slasher movie after all. We got to do that. Yeah, no, I love it. So we so we have a kill like basically at the liquor store with the keg. We have a kill in the in the locker room that's like with the you know football shower related. We have a kill in the frat house or in the sorority house or the dorm room or whatever, right? Uh, or or maybe it was the sorority girl who was the track and field person, and that's why the shit was there. Um, yeah. I'm also thinking of like set pieces, right? So then we have so we have the like I said the the, the liquor store slash park, the the locker room, the sorority dorm or or sorority house and then we're going to do the frat one that's the frat house right so again now we've never and that's with the paddle where we just like basically beat the dude into a pulp <laughs> or right. with like uh yeah the paddle covered like uh like lucille with like uh barbed wire or, or nails or something um <laughs> so yeah again I, so okay so now it's now you're up man what's what's the ogre scene because uh I, i'm at this point i'm, I'm at a loss Okay, so I mean, I, I think bef- basically before uh, we get there, we do have to have, um, we gotta have some somebody get found. Like maybe that's what puts the campus on high alert. Like you know, somebody was murdered. You know, every everything's on lockdown. Like you're not going anywhere without a partner. Like just go to class and go back to your dorm. And have the alpha betas kind of like freaking out, like because it was one of their own. Like who the fuck did this? It's got to be those fucking nerds. Like we gotta oh, have yeah. something like that. Where like you know they they go after the nerds and like maybe maybe campus security breaks it up, and we see the nerds are genuinely as scared as the jocks. Like we don't know what the fuck's happening either. Like yeah, it was one of yours, but how do we know that we're not next? You know, like kind of one mm-hmm. of those things where now you're gonna have the que- the audience questioning. Well, who the fuck is doing? It? I mean, the movie's called Revenge of the Nerds. Like what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. have have people questioning like what's going on. So. I think we have to have some kind of almost I don't want to say like a joining of forces, but almost have like, you know, the jocks and the nerds both equally terrified. Like maybe we have a scene where one of the nerds, maybe they don't get killed. Maybe they get injured. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, uh, you know, the, the the killer is stalking somebody and like a kind of a nerd gets in the way type of thing. So they get hurt and then they're freaking out like, you know, there's this, this, this guy attacked me like and they, they didn't get a good look at him or whatever. So we got to have a sequence where we're now going to be forcing the audience to question like, well, who the fuck's doing all this? Like, did yeah. the jock snap? Is it, is it Lewis? Like, you know, what's, you know, cause his best friend died. Like, is he the killer? Cause that'd be the obvious, you know, the obvious one. But of course that could be a red herring as well. Um, so we have to have that, but yes, the, the ogre scene, like, so we're going to, we're going to skip a little bit of time. What I was thinking. What? Is, sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry. Let me, let me cause I want to make, I want to comment on, what you said before. No, I think you're right. I got so caught up in like the in the death sequences. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about, I forgot about the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree with with what you're saying. I think it, it should. That's exactly what we should do. Is the alpha betas go to the nerds? They they just expect that it's the nerds. They go there like ready to beat their asses. Like you motherfuckers are you know getting your revenge and blah blah blah. But of course, no, it's not them. Um, and then yeah, we we gotta we gotta have a sequence again. They're kind of all on edge. But we have to have a sequence either just before or just after this. You mentioned one of the nerds gets hurt. I think it should be Booger. And so the reason I, I think that is because I think Booger's the one that makes the most sense where we have we have Booger 
like he's at like the Pi Delta house, like hitting on, you know, on sorority chicks as as he does. Or he's he's at one of the sorority houses, like hitting on girls or maybe he's at actually at one of their parties. And uh, and, and he's out or yeah, I, I picture him like kind of at the house picking, uh, hitting on these girls and maybe they go inside and he's just like, you know, he makes them one of his crass jokes about, you know, your loss or whatever. And he's out there, you know, lighting up or smoking a cigarette. And then, you know, some figure walks up and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And then it's like cut to black. And then when the alpha betas come to, you know, uh, confront the nerds, they're like, what do you mean it wasn't us? I mean, look at Booger. And like, he's like messed up, you know, or maybe he's maybe he's, you know, uh, like catatonic or something. You know what I mean? Like something happened to Booger. Um, okay, no, you know what? I, I, I like this, but how about this? So how about right off the bat? Like the beer, we have the beer run, right? So of course, Booger would be buying beer. He was he was mm-hmm. the heavy drinker in the nerd house. Um, so he comes out of the liquor store and like maybe he runs across the jock and he's like, get the fuck out of here, you nerd. And he's like, you know, fuck you and walks away with his beer and somebody jumps out and knocks him out from behind. OK, so nice. He gets fucking clobbered, you know, and then you know, we do the, the whole killing the, the jock scene and all that. So, you know, maybe when the, the jocks come to the nerds, be like, you know, you and have Booker be like, no, man, he's like, I got jumped, too. Like, you know, he's, he's like. Look at this fucking goose egg on the back of my head. Like, I didn't do mm-hmm. anything to deserve that. I was just buying some beer, you know, and get talks about how he got the shit kicked out of him. Maybe we can even have like another guy like Poindexter, someone who doesn't see very well. Maybe we'll have him doing the thing like I was walking home from class and, you know, I got knocked out by by somebody or somebody like, you know, hit me with something. Maybe he's got like a big cut across his face. Like we, we have a couple of the nerds get injured. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it, it could be it, right, right before, right before the uh, the sequence with um, the whatever fodder jock and the girl who get like javelin. Like maybe, yeah, maybe uh, you're right. Poindexter is like, well, I was walking by the Pi Delta house and like somebody smashed my glasses off my face and you know I wandered in the street, almost got hit by a car. You know, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So we we can we can clearly see that like you know yeah they're not getting killed but they're getting harmed. <laughs> so like something is happening. Um, so yeah, so so we we have we we definitely have this sequence where it's like the nerds and the jocks are kind of on the same page of like there's somebody on campus killing and attacking students and we got to figure out what. So mm-hmm. again, I don't know if I want them to team up, but I kind of feel like that's where this is heading. Like maybe they're begrudgingly teaming up, like they still hate each other, but it's like, you know, well we got to we got to keep tabs on each other. We got to make sure that you know, everybody stays safe and alive type of thing. So it's like maybe they, they make up a thing where they're there. It's like a, a temporary truce where they'll, they'll just kind of watch each other's backs. Like, <laughs> you know, just look out for one another and report anything they see. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And let's I don't know. I don't know what you want to do with Ogre. So I think we need to get to that so we can kind of work out how that fits in. But I, I think, too, it would be kind of add, add another layer if it's a very uneasy truce. But we have it so that Stan, he's mad that his like people are going missing, but he still has to be like, you know, like and like the big game is coming up or something, you know, like something there's or it's the. The big like it would it wouldn't be football season probably at this point in the in the maybe it's like the big exhibition with like our our rivals you know in whatever other city you know what I mean so it's like there's this there's some big competition happening and he's like you know we can't miss that like you know we've won every year for you know 20 years or whatever and like you know like no matter what like we're we're going to that game like you know so like he's still 
kind of delusional and like hell bent on like you know winning the glory even the fact that you know three of his dudes are missing at this point you know and maybe it's lewis who's like no we have to like you know, we need to like go to the dean or go to the Greek council or whoever. We need to like shut this down. We need to send everybody home, like, you know, close the frat houses. You know, like he's the voice of reason and stands like, you know, fuck that. We just need to find this guy and beat his ass. And Lewis isn't trying to be vigilante. You know, yeah. Stan would do that because this guy is just like getting in the way of my good time. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so depending on what, what you want to do with Ogre, it's like maybe that's what it is. It's like they kind of have this uneasy truce and then something else happens and then it's like, okay, that's it. Like we've got to take action. we got to go to the dean and then there's a – or again, the Greek council or whatever. There's got to be some kind of a conflict where now Stan like is trying to stop Lewis from like raising the alarm. You know, all the while Stan is – his people are just getting, you know, like, you know, uh, bumped off left and right and he doesn't have the support anymore. But I like the, I like maintaining the conflict between Stan and Lewis. Okay, so so yeah, I, I love I love all that. So we we have we have those tense moments. We have all that. Um, maybe it's not maybe it's not an away game. Maybe it's like it's it's a bit just a big game on campus, right? So we have the big football game. You know the whole the whole you know uh, college is there rooting them on, cheering on the Alpha Betas, all that. They win the big game and they have a party afterward. Like even though everything is on you know high alert, you know it's like fine. You guys you guys can have your party at the Alpha Beta house tonight. Um, you know, campus security is around and maybe the nerds agree. They're like, look, you know, we'll watch your backs for tonight. Like, we'll keep an eye on the on, on the on the um, fraternity, you know, make sure nobody sneaks into the party that isn't supposed to be. There. Yeah, yeah, just this once. Like we've got our, our surveillance cameras and our robot or whatever. But like, exactly. if we do this, you guys got to leave us alone the rest of the year. Like you got to leave us alone, you know, to, and, and we're and we're going to we're joining the Greek council of Lambda Lambda Lambda. And they're like, OK, deal. You know, like we're right. like, let us have our big celebration keep watch our backs and we'll let you in and of course stan is he's never gonna like follow through with that yeah. if given given the chance he's just using them for now but of course you know lewis and the nerds are gullible so they're like okay like deal like we'll be your your security force or your you know you put our cameras up and shit right so so this is this is the scene i'm thinking so like so we got uh we got the big party going on right then we see the pov shot somebody watching through the window and they're they're clearly looking at ogre and he's like drinking out of his big fucking you know trophy he's guzzling beer back and then you hear somebody like from off camera go, Who, like, what are you doing here? And then the person, turn, the POV turns and we see Lewis and then it rushes at Lewis. And then we just see black leather like hands, like uh, gloved hands, grab Lewis by the throat and have him be like, uh, uh, and then cut to black. So now nice, think nice. Lewis is dead at this point. Now we're going to go back to watching Ogre. Like he's partying hard. You know, he's everyone's cheering him on. He's drinking. And he's like the room is spinning for him. Like he's getting more and more like mm -hmm. clearly drunk as as the night's going on. And he just gets fucked up, like passes out face down through the coffee table. Like, boom, coffee table explodes. Everyone laughs. Ah, oh, ogre being ogre, you know, party <laughs> like like a like a Chris Farley smashing through a table. Right. <laughs> exactly. So he's just snoring on the. But the thing is, he was drugged. So we have ah. his beer was drugged. Now we're going to see like. You know, Ogre's going to wake up and he's tied to the fucking goalposts on the football field. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And we're going to see a bunch of, like, pitching machines, like, all aimed. Uh... And be like, what's going on? And so, again, POV shot. He'll be like, you? Who the, what the fuck are you doing here? And then the pitching machines all turn on and just start fucking pelting him in the head and chest and all that. Just over and over with fucking baseballs hitting him over and over again and keep in mind he can't block anything he's tied up so he just gets relentlessly nice. pummeled 
with fucking like hundreds oh, of baseballs. Just into, into like a bloody pulp. Right. Oh, nice. Until he's just like hanging there, like bleeding from his mouth, like eyes are all swollen. Fucking ogre dies. Now, this is the one I think they should leave out and be like, you know, yeah, you had your big fu- fucking football win. Here's your defensive captain. You know, just fucking dead. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, Stan's going to lose his shit because he's going to be like, where were the fucking nerds? Like, they were supposed to be watching the house. Yeah, yeah. And then we good. find out Lewis went missing, too. So now he's going to think it's fucking Lewis. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be like, I'll fucking kill that nerd. Like, you mm-hmm. know, so he's on a fucking rampage at this point. Yeah. And hopefully to this point, the audience up to the point where Lewis gets like choked out, hopefully the audience will have at least suspected Lewis at least a little bit with all of his like, you know, squinty eyed glances at the football game and shit. You know what I mean? Like, but of course, as soon as with that scene happens, like, oh, it's got to be somebody else. But, you know, now who is it? Um, And this is the perfect red herring because, you know, again, he's the best friend of the guy who died at the beginning of the movie, you know, then suddenly murders start happening. So of course you're going to think it's Lewis. Like that's just, that's, that's slasher one Oh one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, so when we take out Lewis, everyone's going to be like, Oh shit. Like, who is it? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So, so Stan, he's going to take off. Where's he going? Is he going like back to the frat house where all the nerds are like standing around, standing guard, or are they all back at their house? Like watching on like, you know, on camera monitors or whatever. Um, So Stan takes, Okay, yeah. So Stan takes the the what's left of his team, and they they go off to the nerd house, and they're like with you know like they're going up to Frankenstein's castle with the torches, you know, like. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they they're gonna they're gonna you know lose their shit. Hell, maybe they beat the hell out of some of the nerds. Like maybe yeah. they just they're like you know it's it's your fucking fault, and they just they lose their shit. Um, I, I feel like we're we're coming up to the crescendo. Like we we need. We need a few more kills to happen. So, like, you know, they lose their minds. They take the nerds out of commission. Like, the nerds are like, what the fuck? Like, they just, get, you know, got their asses beat. Like, atomic mm-hmm. wedgies to the nth degree. Uh, you know? And so, so you know, Stan and his buddies, like, go off. Maybe, like, that night, one or two more people go missing. Like, one or two more jocks or, or uh, you know, pies go missing. And then we can, we don't even have to explain, like, what happened. Like, we just see, like, the POV shot, the gasp, and then cut to black, you know, like, just just pad the numbers type of thing. yeah okay what, what if it's like this like yeah it's the betas the alpha betas they go to the nerd house and they like beat the shit out of all the nerds you know and they think that they've gotten their revenge and you know the, but they're like where's lewis they can't find lewis because of course uh stan you know he's convinced that lewis is the killer but now no one could find lewis maybe at that point the alpha betas they're like okay whoa something's happening here so like and they they beat the shit out of the nerds but like at this point they're like okay forget it like they they leave like okay let's just get out of here like you know we beat them up that's good enough like we don't need to you know do anything else they they go back to their house and we have a they have to have a little powwow whoever's left of like you know i don't know who this is but like you know we got to be on guard you know we got the, the big game is tomorrow you know so we got we got to get some sleep like no matter what like we're not gonna you know lose like we can't you know let this uh you know these the this uh remember the big game already happened oh yeah, yeah sorry well, hmm, that's right yeah the big, right, it already happened so but whatever like my point being that like they have their little powwow like they're all on guard and like maybe that maybe that's what it is maybe they're like okay you you know uh alphabet of fodder number three or four like stand, <laughs> right. you, you're on first watch you guys stand guard and then like stan goes to sleep and then he hears something and he like jolts the wake comes out of his room and he's like you know you know hey tom you were supposed to be on guard wait and he's gone like the hallway's empty and he starts opening up bedrooms and like they're all empty like everybody's missing everybody's gone you know he's the only one like left in the frat house and maybe he like runs 
you know, down the street in his boxers to like the Pi Delta house and, you know, base banging on the door to, for the, for someone to let him in there. And then it's like that thing where like he's banging on the door and then creak and it like just opens on its own, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh shit, like what's inside here, you know? <laughs> what if, yeah. What if he goes and like, okay, so what if he goes to try try to find Betty and like, she's gone. Like, yeah, he's, he's looking for her in specific. And, and maybe even we have a note at this point, like, you know, you know, meet me at the Greek council or something like we have. We have to have something that gets him to the Greek council. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's no, that's perfect. Like, yeah, he goes into the Pi Delta house and it's empty. He goes directly to Betty's room first. We don't have to repeat the whole sequence. We open up all the doors because, of course, he goes right to her room, makes a beeline for it, kicks the door in. And yeah, to your point, there's like a, a note, you know, in like ransom letters you know taped like a ransom note like with like you know magazine letters taped on a sheet of paper it's like you know you know the greek council is in session or something like that yeah so yeah exactly just greek council or yeah greek council in session um so he he heads off to that right you open the door and now we're gonna have our big reveal got all of the corpses just lining the room like you know full full council and then maybe we have lewis like sitting also looking dead you know in amongst the group and then we have the killer, like in a in a black cloak, like come out, you know. And maybe you know we gotta have our little villain speech about you know how you know you've you've gone through your life, you know, thinking that everything was owed to you, you know, basically picking on and putting down anyone you didn't deem worthy, you know. Well, we decided that you weren't worth. And then like have like him pull the the cloak back and reveal it's fucking Gilbert, because of course it is. He didn't actually die. Like he's all fucked up and scarred. And then have Lewis like sit up smiling like he was in on it the whole fucking time. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. So we yeah, to your point, we have Stan running the to the to the Greek Council room and all the bodies are there and he sees Lewis and you know, maybe he like he grabs Lewis's chair and turns it around like you fucking nerd, and then like Lewis looks like he's dead. He's like, Oh shit, right? And then yeah, exactly what you point the and then the guy who comes in who's all like in shadow, his voice is all gravelly and raspy, you know, because his you know, he inhaled like flames, you know. Right. That all those months ago, and so you can't even tell from his voice until yeah he throws the cloak back and it's you know fucking Gilbert. He maybe he like puts his glasses on, you know. Um, right. Yeah, and then yeah, and then we see somebody stands up behind Stan. You know, we see this shadow, and Stan he jerks around to see who it is. Like oh, who's behind me? And it's fucking Lewis, and he just has. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. So we and we hear we hear Lewis's laugh, and yeah, and then Gilbert starts, you know, he's laughing at him too, and then we, both of the nerds are just laughing like maniacally at fucking Stan, who's like trapped in between them, <laughs> like oh no. <laughs> we we gotta have something like I don't know how we wanna we wanna you know end Stan, but like I don't know maybe have him like I'm trying to think of a sports related death, like so, some way to 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 kill him off, but like before we show him die, just like close it like we don't even show him that we just close in on his eye like looking terrified and then black screen and the <laughs> we get the laugh and it's the credits <laughs> oh i love that i love that scene to <laughs> the credits okay so okay so we, we never really figured out what to do with betty do we do we want it to be that maybe is betty dead and he sees that uh or you know like maybe some of the pie delta pies are there or maybe you know Maybe they've got Betty all tied up and they kill her first, like just to torture him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like just slit her throat and while he's there, like just to, you know, just to fuck with his head. And it, I mean, I'm, I can't think of something that would be like sports related. I'm trying to think what else we could do, you know, maybe or maybe there was some some joke or some insult that 
uh, Stan had, was always using against the nerds. And of course, they, now they're going to use it against him in, in a quite literal way. I, and I can't think of what it is right now, but like that would be the perfect, you know, irony, you know, um, uh, I don't know, like more, even if it was just something as simple as like they were always picking on them because of their calculators or something. And then, you know, they, right. they like shove it down his throat or whatever. Like that's kind of lame, but like that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. See, I for some reason I, I keep thinking of like something that, like I don't know why I keep going to like having him like ripped apart. Like I was thinking of, like two trucks ripping him apart, but that doesn't make any sense for this movie. Uh, but I want some kind of like very visceral like we know what's going to happen before we zoom in on his face. Like maybe he's got like a piece of duct tape, or better yet, he's got a jock strap shoved in his mouth. Um, <laughs> and we Perfect. zoom in on his eye, and then we you know we cut to black and we hear the laugh. Maybe something like. They have him, oh, God, this is fucked up. So this is really fucked up, but they have him, like, up on the fucking flagpole, like, ready to be impaled. Oh, shit. They got ropes tied. Maybe they got fucking ropes tied, and they're going to yank him down. And, like, so you know what's going to happen. And he's sitting there, like, freaking out, like, sweating. And then, you you know, (laughs) maybe, maybe he's always telling him, you know, oh, shove it up your ass, something like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and maybe we have a scene earlier in the movie that, you know it's very very high school but like while they're picking on the nerds we said how we were going to make it at the beginning how they're going to kind of ramp up the pranks to make them more like mean-spirited and violent you know and maybe one of them is you know instead of we instead of doing a panty raid because that's not in our movie and maybe we have the alpha betas early on when they when they go and get all the shit from the nerds and they're like fucking with them you know they they do a raid on them and they steal all their you know uh underwear and pants or whatever and they like run them all up a flagpole you know salute your shorts yep. right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so whether whether we like you know ram this flagpole up you know up stan's ass or whether we just <laughs> drop him from it you know either way i think we could do something cool there yeah well yeah we could even do that we could have him okay here we go so i'll do this perfect so the atomic wedgie right he's hoisted up the flagpole by his underwear so oh, nice. Wedgie, right nice and then like down below the flagpole we could see, I don't know, like either they set up like a bunch of like blades or some kind of some kind of implement that basically if he falls on this, he's dead. Um, you know, and have him like all tied up, you know, mouth like I said, jockstrap jammed in his mouth, and we see the the close up on his eye, and then we like we see him get let go, and then we cut to black and do the laugh. Oh, they, oh, dude, I got it. Not spikes or whatever. Remember, Gilbert was burned because they like fucked with their house and they burned it down. So what if they set up the flagpole like it's uh, with a bonfire around it, like they're gonna burn him like a witch? You know what I mean? And then they, yeah. so he when he wakes up, when he first wakes up, he's tied to the flagpole and he's just surrounded by all this stuff, like all this like football, baseball, sports gear. And while they're doing their like after they, you know, they take him outside or whatever, right? So. The point is like that they're they're while they're sort of explaining, you know, the evil plan, like what they had done, you know, they're they're pouring gasoline all over everything. They hoist it up, you know, with uh, of course some, you know, electronic machine that they that they came up with, right? <laughs> right. They ho- and then yeah, and then we do that and then they light it all up and now there's this big blazing bonfire and he's at the top and he's looking down, and you see the fire reflecting off of his eyes and he's sweating, and then like they just you know, they snip the rope and down he comes and then black with the yep. laugh. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> revenge of the nerds <laughs> that got kind of dark in a few places it did it did i'm picturing the poster with like the revenge is like bleeding letters you know right? <laughs> oh man i mean of this course, is good this, this this would if it goes franchise it would have went in a completely different direction it wouldn't have been nerds in paradise <laughs> so. 
<laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but although Nerds in Paradise is a horror movie, it would be funny too. <laughs> it would be like, I, I still know what you did last summer where they, they go to the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Club Dread or something, you know. Right. <laughs> but no, I, this definitely did get dark, but I think it really fits in with that 80s like slasher horror movie mentality where, oh, yeah. you know, it's we really ramp up the personalities like to attend like the jocks are super jocks and they're super cruel and you know mega bullies and you know the nerds are you know definitely picked on but this would be like a a revenge fantasy for any you know bullied kid from the 80s to you know see all the jocks get picked off one by one by you know yeah shove their fucking you know footballs up their asses or whatever you know like fuck those guys <laughs> beat them with baseballs and shove a jock strap in their mouth you know? right. dude that that would that would be funny too for the guy who gets like paddled with the with the frat paddle like what if what if they did what, what if what if you see like he's got like a football bulging in his underwear before the paddling starts <laughs> <laughs> oh no that got shoved up his ass <laughs> Oh god! So, oh man, this was so good. Yeah, this was fun. I, I, I'm glad we did this. You know, I I was putting off in that. You know, obviously you're with me, but putting off doing Revenge of the Nerds for a really long time just because it seemed like something that we should do. But at the same time, I didn't really know how we were going to make it fun because the movie yeah. itself, like we said, minus those couple of problematic scenes, it's a really good movie. And I don't really know that we needed to do much to it. And you proved that, like, hey, we can fix the whole thing in, you know, five, ten minutes and, like, we're out, you know. So what was the point? But, yeah, I'm really glad we got a chance to to do this one. And and what's cool is I, I, didn't, I didn't mention it in our last episode, and I wish I had, but our last – uh, improv episode where we did the Super Mario Brothers movie was our 20th episode and wow. I didn't our 20th improv episode you know we've done some more with our rental rants and things but um so I think it's kind of a kind of a nice milestone and I wish I would have mentioned it but now this episode is our 21st improv <laughs> episode so I guess we officially turned 21 raised by rentals can drink now <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh man I remember when I turned 21 I remember uh, I went and bought a six pack and I sat on my porch and it was February and I was reading, I, f- I want to say it was the first, uh, a George R. R. Martin book. It was a game of Thrones, I, I want to <laughs> say. And, uh, I was sat there like drinking my little six pack of uh, Labatt blue. Cause I didn't, I didn't know any better. And <laughs> 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 I remember my mom, like she was annoyed. Like I was still living at home. And I remember my mom being annoyed, like she didn't really want me drinking, but like knew that I was going to do it anyway. And so her, her whole thing was like, well, don't bring it in here. So I had to sit on my porch in February and I did it sort of, sort of on the principle of the matter. I had a spite, like I, I can do this, so I'm gonna. And then, <laughs> yep. but then later that day, there was a party um, and uh, you were at that party, right? You were at that party because like, we had the same birthday. So I'm pretty sure you were at that party, but I can't remember that one. No, I, uh, I was there for the 21st because my 21st, I was at a bar with Greg, Jess and Lori. Okay. Yeah. I was at a party with some of the shorter breath guys and my brother and uh, like Christian Perryman and some, and anyway, so, um, but I, so I didn't really drink very much when I was on the porch, but then later on we went on the way to the party. I didn't, I didn't really need to buy any more beer, but I did anyway again, cause I could. So I went to Wegmans 
for you know for those who don't live in western new york or uh the, the northeast at uh, you know grocery store and i went to the grocery store and again buying labat blue because that's what people drink in that part of the world and i remember i, I was i picked up the bot the 20, 24 pack and i forget which friend i was with it might have been paul yates and i we, and i just started yelling like i'm 21 i'm 21 <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot and I'm walking through the <laughs> store and my freaking dad is in there in like the little toy section buying matchbox cars which he used to collect yep. <laughs> and I was like I'm 21 oh hey dad <laughs> I'm 21 <laughs> and uh, you know to his credit he was just like have fun be safe and went back to looking at toys and I said cool I'm 21 <laughs> went to the party oh See, man. Now- Whereas for me, uh, you know, I ended up, I, I went out with Jess. We, I think we went out to dinner and then um, we ended up, I don't know if it was Lori that called. I think Lori called first asking where I was going for my 21st birthday. And I was like, I didn't really have any plans. And she's like, you got to go to a bar. And because uh, her and Greg got me and Jess to meet her. And it was at this terrible bar on the boulevard. Um, it was like this little like. I don't even know. It was like a dive bar. It was like this little, uh, like white building. It was kind of a country bar. Um, there was like nobody else in there except for like one old dude kind of holding up the bar at the other end. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, Greg and, and, and Lori and Jess like loaded up the jukebox with like all sorts of fun songs. And then because I was completely virginal to drinking other than like having the occasional wine or like mixed drink, like I used to drink my whiskey sours, as you well know. Like that's anytime I went to Canada when I was 19, I would just drink whiskey sours just because it was yep. like, okay, I know that one and I like it. I will drink this. Um, but Lori was like, oh no, you got to try this. Like here, try a cranberry and vodka here. Try a sex on the beach, try a fuzzy navel. So I was <laughs> like, she was just buying mixed drinks for me and I'm just drinking them, drinking them, drinking them. And we're playing that dumb match game that used to be on like every bar where it's like, find the things that are missing. And usually oh, yeah. it was like a dirty photo, you know, something like so we're playing that, and I'm just laughing my ass up, getting more and more blitzed as the, the night goes on. And I was like, I finally just, I announced, I'm like, I have to pee. And I stood up <laughs> off the, the fucking uh, stool, and I couldn't find my legs. I just, I stood up and went right down. Like, just <laughs> collapsed nice. on the floor and started giggling. <laughs> Greg and Jess helped me up and got me to the bathroom. <laughs> But, oh yeah but i collapsed that was like okay guys we should call it a night <laughs> yeah oh we could we could tell some stories we tell some stories yeah I, I, I had i had nights like that not not the 21st i do remember trying to walk down the hallway and really needing the wall to keep me even kind of upright but i definitely did not make it all the way to the bathroom yeah. on my feet i remember that happening and i, I somebody and again i want to say it might have been paul yates but somebody ended up doing uh, edward 40 hands that night you know where they duct taped 40s <laughs> to both their hands <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and it was like a it was like a, a, a tiny little basement apartment and everybody was smoking cigarettes and oh, weed yeah. and it was so smoky and it was just like man it was fun but then the next morning i was like what did we do <laughs> so many parties like that the the one and i won't go into all the details but i still remember uh your and christina's first place in rochester um when Mm -hmm. we had i think it was a birthday was either a birthday or no it was a birthday party we had a birthday party and we were just you know having a good old time drinking smoking running around like idiots um that was the party where out of nowhere we decided to look for narnia in your closet (laughs) <laughs> yep that was the just, one <laughs> we ran to the closet we looked around and we were like Narnia has shoes <laughs> like, 
None of you has hangers. <laughs> yeah, dark has hangers. But um, but yeah, that was the the not the invention of the Cuban kiss of death, but uh, it was definitely the continuation of the Cuban Oof. kiss of death. Uh, which was for those of you that aren't in our little circle, the Cuban kiss of death was created because it started off as a whiskey sour, and our our good friend Greg used to always call, like tease me and say I was Cuban for whatever reason. I don't know why he did, but that was his joke. Um, so I would drink the whiskey sours, and as I got drunk, the ratio would get fucked up. So it was more and more whiskey and less and less sour till eventually it was basically a glass of whiskey with like a tablespoon of sour mix and a maraschino cherry. So it basically was just like lighter fluid. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) And and Greg dubbed it the Cuban kiss of death. So then it became a thing. If you were late to the party, you had to at least drink one. And it wasn't a huge one. (laughs) But I remember that one in particular, uh, little Mike showed up a little bit late and we poured one for him and he got about halfway through it. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't. And I was yeah. like, I'll do it. And I drank the rest of it and just got, oh, my God, I got obliterated. But that was the one where we went back. Me and Jess were staying at a hotel and it was the first time I ever had a bad hangover. Mm-hmm. I and I felt like death. And yep. then we came to your house. And Christina was cooking breakfast for everybody. And all I did, I smelled eggs. And I love eggs. I love scrambled eggs. But I smelled eggs. And I had to go sit out on the porch because I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> I just felt sick the whole day. Oh, man. I don't know. That was, yeah. I don't, <laughs> we could go on and on and talk about stories. But I remember that party. I have pictures of myself licking people at that party. And uh, I think I think that that was the origin of the story of the squished spider. And was at that yes! party. Yes! So, yeah, there it was. There's a lot more stories we could tell that are probably only funny to oh. us and our friends. But, yeah, it became pretty legendary so yeah i hope that raised by rentals you have enough fun on your 21st birthday (laughs) (laughs) and you get messed up like us but not like the alpha betas in revenge of the living nerds (laughs) (laughs) oh man i still can't get over how well that laugh lends itself to a horror movie it does. You know? It's so creepy. <laughs> like in 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 comedy context, it's like, ha, ah, it's funny. If you put it in the guise of a horror movie, suddenly it becomes terrifying. <laughs> it does. Oh man. Oh god, I love it. So this was this was definitely a lot of fun. This was a lot yeah. of fun. I think All right. For the listeners, like, if you guys have any more uh, have any ideas for other comedies or dramas or whatever that you think would be interesting if turned into a horror movie. I'd be curious to hear because I think this is, this is an activity that I feel like both you and I would be really good at. Um, Like if someone, I don't know, just like off the top of my head, if someone was like, turn Porky's into a horror movie, like I'm sure (laughs) we could do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to watch it, but yeah, we, we, I'm sure we right. could do it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That, that, that could be a good theme theme too for for spooky time. You know, we still got some time uh, right. this year, right for for the Halloween season. We could do another one or two of these. It could be fun. Yeah, just take something that's traditionally not a horror movie and make it a horror movie. But I will say, in, in Porky's defense, there is still one of the funniest scenes in cinema is in that movie where uh, Pee Wee, they're at the they're at the the whorehouse, and uh, you know they get scared. And Pee Wee runs out of the house naked. Um, and then the cops are driving down the street and you just see Pee Wee running like just like full bore running like a track and field athlete down the pitch black highway naked. And he just goes, <laughs> ah. 
like run right <laughs> and they're like what the fuck was that every that time i have seen that i i lose it it's so it's the it's physical to- comedy done right yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i'm gonna have to watch that movie again it's been a long time i i, I don't i remember thinking it was like funny but like yeah it's okay you know yeah. but uh yeah we'll have to check that one out but yes definitely if anybody hears this uh, please give us some suggestions, whether we do it this year or next year, or hell, just do it whenever the fuck we feel like it. I, I, I definitely have a good time. Uh, I always love doing like a genre mashup, and that's always something that's fun. We've talked about, but yeah, taking something you know that isn't a horror movie and making it a horror movie is is probably you know it's really fun. Um, yeah, I should say it's probably the thing we're best at on this show. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. I think I, I think it's just one of those things like we both have a penchant for creepy stories, and and it's it's a lot of fun to see what we can do with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree total. So you can check us out to drop those comments at uh, raisedbyrentals.com and raisedbyrentals on the socials. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can also find us, of course, as always, at radpantheon.com and at radpantheon on all the socials to check out our fellow uh, podcasters, artists, musicians, everyone else in the Rad Pantheon Collective, uh, just creative folks making rad stuff. So if you like this show, go check out one of those projects as well. There's some cool stuff over there. Uh, podcast and art and music and all kinds of good stuff. Another project that I do is Comics Boost on Instagram and Twitter where I spotlight crowdfund campaigns for new comic book projects. So just spell comics with an X in Comics Boost and come check out some cool uh, independently published comic book projects that need your support. What about you, Mike? Uh, well, I also do um, Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. It's a uh, toy podcast, primarily toys, but we talk about all things pop culture. Uh, we are going to be doing some fun stuff i'm sure for october i know we are trying to bring back dumpster fire theater which is kind of a special that we do once in a while where we pick a really weird movie and cover it i believe bad ronald is going to be the next one which if you haven't <laughs> seen who it's a doozy um and then uh the boogeyman's closet which is our weekly horror movie review podcast uh we're wrapping up our month of one and done slashers which that was a lot of fun uh, we, we had a, a lot of fun this month talking about some strange slasher movies, which is probably why I was so in the slasher mindset for this one. Um, <laughs> but our next month is going to be Frankenstein month, which you'd think would just be a bunch of movies like remakes of Frankenstein. But oh, no, there are tons of fantastic movies that play with the Frankenstein concept. So I'm really looking forward to that month as we have everything from comedies to musicals to kids movies to horror movies on there. And it's it's just going to be a blast. Yeah, I remember uh, you posted those uh, movies up on the social medias for voting, and man, I had a really hard time trying to figure out what to vote for, and I ended up picking some weird ones just because I was like, yeah, like this will be this will be fun episodes, you know? Right. Maybe maybe not the best movie, but these will be fun episodes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so everyone check out the Boogeyman's Closet, Count Creepyhead, Comics Boost, everything else at RadPantheon.com. There's a whole list of cool shit there, and uh, let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. So with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Velvet Bethany.